<clears throat> I did say I was going to chub him. I did say I was going to chub him, and I did. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday's movie news. It is Wednesday, John. I'm just checking. It is you. Wednesday. It is. It My is. days are all over the place. It's the season here. to be jolly, Stephen. Well, it will be when I finish work tomorrow, John. And yes. Same for yourself. Yes. But uh, because it's going to be surprise, surprise, this isn't our jobs. No. We wish it was, but it's not. Welcome My job along. is to bring presents to everybody. To I'm Santa. <laughs> To the show. <laughs> this is how we all start these things, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, thanks you for Why joining us here hat, on YouTube. I don't know, John. I've got uh, a Captain America hat there, and I'm wearing this. What's wrong with me? And of course, our Twitch stream. If you're joining us there as well, but uh, we're going to. I'm Stephen John McLaughlin. Give by us a the way, if you're this on is John Twitch. Christopher Walsh. Let's not be all formal about it. So, no. uh, John, you can. Guess from a thumbnail and obviously the title of this episode, it's Deadpool 3 gives X-23 actress hope for MCU return. We'll talk about if it's grasping straws or not, John, in a little moment, but I'm going to read this little... And I'm going to move the OBS over to the other window <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't get captured. Good luck with that. Um, speaking to Looper via comicbook.com, Keen says that... Deadpool 3 news made her 100% hopeful for a surprise return as X-23. The now 15-year-old says she suspected Disney wouldn't do any more R-rated movies, but now that Deadpool 3 has the green light, <laughs> she sees things differently. Keen adds that it opens the studio up to other R-rated movies, giving her hope of reprising the role that made her famous. This is her thoughts here. She said, I'm 100% hopeful. I'm trying not to get my hopes up high in case it doesn't happen, but I really do hope it does because I love playing Laura. She holds a very special place in my heart and she's an incredible character. And to be fair, the whole Deadpool 3 situation really, really made me happy because obviously when Disney bought Fox, I suspected they weren't going to be uh, doing any more R-rated films, but then greenlighting Deadpool is a great sign for our R-rated movies. John, you covered the R-rated sort of yes. announcement uh, a few weeks ago, maybe last week it was. Um, so <clears throat> it does, um, it opens the doors, it opens the possibilities. Um, do you see this happening? That's a simple question I'm asking you. Uh, Stephen, I see some R-rated content coming to Disney in a short, short while because obviously they did, they merged with Fox, a historic studio who were more prone to R-rated content, more prone to darker content than what Disney usually cater to. Mm -hmm. Disney are usually a company that likes to take all the demographic <coughs> possibilities. They like to do a sort of Pixar, have the octogenarians and the little eight-year-olds coming into the same theatre to enjoy their content. I'm a little bit scared of R-rated content, but I feel like they've had their arms twisted with this one. Of course, they've always had the, the Searchlight Pictures sort of subsidiary company where they can put out the darker, yeah. little more serious um, thematic movies like of Jojo Rabbit and yeah. things like that they can siphon it through that company and see it's nothing to do with us it's Searchlight Pictures we don't have to really promote this movie but now I think that they're realising with Kevin Feige as a head figure uh, between Marvel and just the Disney machine in general they're realising that with Deadpool you can't have a watered down version of Ryan Reynolds met with a mouth he has to be swearing he has to be yeah. all action sort of cursing every 20 seconds so they've realised with this avenue that they really have to continue down this R-rated route. They can't water it down, as I say. And that does it opens the potential for the likes of a Daphne Keen to come back in a darker, grittier X-Men movie. Do, do you think, just talk, uh, touching on Deadpool there, do you remember um, last year Deadpool, uh, Disney mm -hmm. released a version of Deadpool 2? I it's can't terrible. remember what it's called. Yeah, Once Upon a Deadpool, yeah. Yeah, or whatever it was. I didn't watch it. I it do was you terrible. think that was a, a test... To, to sort of see the reaction and obviously the response. Could be, it could have been a test even, but I think there's not enough appeal there. 
It's not enough. It's a not. It's a film that's already been watched as yeah. well. To be fair, so it's very People hard. People want to, yeah. Ryan Reynolds swearing every twenty seconds. They want the sort of innuendo. They want that side to that character. You take that away, it's lost something palpable. You can't do it. So it has to continue on in the R-rated route, Deadpool. And it does, it opens up the door for darker comic book superhero content. And I wouldn't be adverse to seeing uh, Daphne Keen coming back. I thought she was a standout in yeah, X-23. Yeah. Uh, and Logan, I should say, as X-23. Alongside the likes of Hugh Jackman and obviously Patrick Stewart playing a dementia sufferer. And that was an amazing performance. As yeah. someone who has been closely affected by grandparents and great-uncles having dementia, I can tell you that guy was stupendous. I'm still blown away. Didn't get a, a nomination for an Oscar because it was that good a performance. So you had that two brilliant actors, and then for her to come in and in a sense steal the show from them for large parts of the movie. Yeah. That shows you how good she was, how mature the performance was. She was only young, yeah. maybe like twelve year old or something at she that point. Been, yeah. She's now fifteen, sixteen. She's older. The character has uh, is older, I think, in the comics anyway. So there's that scope. She's still young enough. You can take this character off in a decade long journey, yeah. and she but, can be part of the Marvel sort of X Men. Well, the, the good thing is that um, Logan was always um, it was always promoted um, as a, a separate entity to the X Men film. Anyway, it was another sort of version of of these characters. It, yeah. what, it didn't have any connections to the previous X Men film apart from Charles Xavier mm-hmm. and obviously uh, Wolverine. Um, but it was always sort of projected that it wasn't part or a continuation of the X Men Days of Future Past and stuff like that. It was another sort of dimension or whatever you want to call it um so um that's another yeah and it's another way of getting around it as well john um for the sort of quotes we've been hearing over the last couple of years from the likes of kevin feige etc bob not bob jpeg um bob 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 gildorf (laughs) (laughs) give us your money money. yeah you know uh, so they've always said you know that that they want to keep the X-Men, the previous films, or what is it called now, Legacy or whatever? Legacy, you know, yes. Movies or whatever they're called. Um, separate Mutant to, movies now, Stephen. Yeah, they don't to, want to see X-Men. Well, this is the thing. They really do want to save other ties. They can still do that because, as I said, Logan was a separate entity to the X-Men catalogue anyway. Um, so it could work. Mm-hmm. Where she comes in is another question as well, John. Where does she fit? Where, do, where would... You know, where would she come into this world? Where did she come from? Where did she go? Where did she come from? Cotton Eye Joe? Yeah. yeah. Where does she go, Stephen? I don't know how they would supplant this character <coughs> in. I suppose they could do it via the multiverse long term. If they, There's going to be ramifications for this multiverse story. I don't know if it will be closed in Multiverse of Madness. It seems like it could be. We're getting WandaVision. We're getting, obviously, Spider-Man <coughs> 3 with the multiverse concept. And then... Multiverse of Madness from Sam Raimi a couple of years down the road. That could be the final, the sort of finale to that multiverse story. He closes it. Yeah. The madness ensues. He ends it because he's the sort of wizard of the MCU. So that may close the door on that. But that'd be a nice way if there was ramifications after that of maybe bringing in a different character tonally into the MCU. She's from a different universe. Things are darker. It's grittier. And what you don't even have to do it. You don't even have to continue that version from Morgan of X23. You can just bring this actress in yeah. as a different version of it. From a different universe. Do what they did with Deadpool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ryan Reynolds, two different yeah. Deadpools. So you can bring her in. She's young. She's a good actor. She's acquainted with the character. People like her performance. And then we can just introduce her as part of this sort of grand introduction of the mutants into the MCU. It's going to be great, Stephen. We were speaking about Fantastic Four, was it? Yeah. Um, and how we're going to get the sort of definitive movie. It's coming shortly. And what, they could, what direction they can go with that. 
and how that's more probably more important than the X-Men long term or immediate term mm. long term that will be important to introduce some mutants into this universe now they have the Fox properties but man it's going to be exciting when this this mutant sort of these mutant characters start getting introduced into the MCU the likes of X-23 who's going to be the next Wolverine yeah. Charles Xavier Magneto Nightcrawler Cyborg not Cyborg what's his face that shithead I hate him James Cyclops, Marsden, Cyclops. Yeah. Cyclops. Yeah. not uh, Ray Fisher he's not he doesn't belong in the MCU <laughs> when they start introducing all these characters and it's going to be <clears throat> very exciting times I hope she does get it because she's keen for it but look that pardon the pun <laughs> Daphne Keen's keen yeah uh, but look as we did see with uh, Ant-Man they're, they're not guaranteed even though you've played a character before to get the part again we've seen the uh, what's her face uh, Scott Lang's daughter. Yeah, the daughter, yeah. Can't remember Can't her remember her name. Yeah. Just Cassie. Cassie Lang. Yeah. Just because an actor's come in and played it and done okay doesn't mean that she's guaranteed the role in a, a different version. They may just go off and recast it completely yeah. because it is Kevin. John, I, I read that article in regards it. to the actress, the original actress that played Cassie Lang. The older version that is an Endgame. Um, she was very gracious in her response to finding out the news. She's very disappointed, but at the same time, she hopes Slightly the person... Devoted. Uh, the person coming in does a good job and hopefully this will keep the doors open for her for any possible MCU returns and that's why I said slightly deluded that ain't going to happen it's not going to happen sadly it's like uh, what's his face Adkins Adkins Scott Scott Adkins the uh, choreographer sort of stuntman but I think that's his name anyway something like that he does a lot of B action movies Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Adkins I'll search him up in a moment he says he regretted playing one of the villains alongside Mads Mikkelsen and Doctor Strange because it closed the door on a potential well, role in the future. He was yeah. deluded too because yeah. he was never getting another role. He's no Frank Grillo. Scott Adkins, let's search him That's up. Scott Adkins, yeah. Scott Adkins, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's okay. He's yeah, he's a, he's a decent action. He's a cool guy. Uh, but we're going to move on, John, anyway. Uh, we'll watch a space with Daphne Keane. Hopefully, fingers crossed, something comes from that because I, I liked her character. I liked yes. her portrayal of the character as well. It's even three years ago, man. We yeah, were speaking about it, it yeah. Logan. Yeah. How quickly time passes. Yep, I remember sitting in that uh, cinema, John, and, uh, with my wife, and yep. she was in tears at the very end. Obviously, it was Tragic. A, the end of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. But uh, we're going to move on, John, to our and next... steroid cycle. <laughs> topic. <laughs> he went um, to Dwayne Johnson yeah. for advice on how to bodybuild. Mm. Testosterone. Yep. Yeah, well, we'll move on from that, allegedly. Uh, the Justice oh, League. Stephen, come on, they're all at it. The Justice League needs Shazam more than Superman. This is according to. <laughs> this is a report coming from Screen Rant. Uh, despite Superman being a more iconic DC hero, Shazam could actually benefit the DCEU far more as a member of the Justice League mm. in later installments. <laughs> it's as if they're planting the seeds to bring us more bad news really? in regards to Superman here, John. But, um, really? The, the, it's a lengthy article, but what I'll just do is I'll just kind of capture uh, the sort of essence of what they're trying to say in this article here, rather than read the whole thing out. And it's uh, to say Shazam could serve a more important role in the DCEU, Justice League isn't a put-down of Superman, as he will always strike a chord in the hearts of people who see him as the bastion of morality and heroism. However, there are two crucial issues with the DCEU Superman in terms of balancing out the team. Firstly, he suffers from the same issue Captain Marvel does in the MCU. In terms of being so powerful that any opposition has to be immensely overpowered Mm -hmm. to uh, enable to feel like a legitimate threat, especially given how strong the team is without him being an extra powerhouse. Secondly, this version of Superman is less cheerful and optimistic than his 
comic counterpart. And while there's nothing wrong with making a film hero differ from the original form, this does complicate the team because he isn't the heroic Captain America-esque figure that tends to bring the team together. Shazam, meanwhile, could potentially prevent both of these problems as well as bring the team together in some unexpected ways. Now, going forward, John, um, before I let you in, if they are considering making any more Justice League films, they are going to have to try and water down that sort of tone Mm-hmm. Uh, going forward with all the other characters that are in the Justice League for that to work. Shazam, uh, I get what they're saying here, John. I do mm-hmm. agree with yeah. it uh, to an extent, but Shazam at this point is too quirky he's, yeah. he's, uh, compared to the other characters. Mm-hmm. I get that Henry Cavill's Superman is a bit more dark and broody than even Batman. <laughs> That's saying yeah. something the Dark Knight. Um, but this would have to be long term. It would have to be Shazam maturing in his next film that yep. he's going to be in and also a bit more light-heartedness from the likes of Wonder Woman I, I, not so much Aquaman he, he's got a kind of humour about him anyway but the other characters Man, as well the Flash I think is already there I think the Flash and Shazam would actually would work as a good team up yeah. um, but I think there's a long way to go before we're even considering that but do you agree with this article John? Stephen I agree with the general gist uh, what <clears> the, the point they're making yeah. That Superman is so overpowered that in a sense it's very hard to find a villain, an antagonist befitting of his skill set. It's very difficult to compete with a guy who can fly, who can use laser eyes, who can breathe outside in space. Yeah. How do you beat a guy like that? He's, a, he's almost immortal mm. on Earth unless you have kryptonite at your disposal. And I don't think we've ever, have we ever seen the use of kryptonite in Zack Snyder's verse. Um, I think uh, ba- uh, Batflight had it, didn't he? Batman. Yeah, yeah, did he not have some element or I, something? I, I can't remember, John. But what do you the, think, back? It's you, been a you while. made a good point there. It seems to be the only thing they can go back to every yeah, time, and it gets a bit boring, you know? Yeah. Well, I can, and on that note, I can understand what they're getting at. It is, it's difficult to make this guy the sort of leading man in the Justice League if he's almost omnipotent, unbeatable. Because even the Steppenwolf, a, a Darkseed, all these big momentous characters it's very difficult mm. to go against a Superman and beat him so I can understand what they're saying maybe supplanting him with Shazam he's a more doubt, but even then he's very powerful as well this guy can fly he can do nearly everything that Superman can do yeah. in the comics second probably only to Superman in terms of powers so he's almost like a Superman light and he's got the comedic edge so I can understand what they're saying in terms of a filmmaking side of things he's a better character maybe than the, the dark brooding Henry Cavill Superman because he can do the comedic side he can bring a different sort of comedic levity to the movie he can lighten the tone whilst being one of the main figures yeah. and being an important figure that he's not a gimp he can actually do things that are powerful and be let, not be a lackey he can actually lend an important hand to the team so yeah. they can they can utilise him and Stephen look he doesn't always have to be a sort of comedic gimp Yes, I'm going to keep using that word because I like it. It conjures up memories of uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, with also <laughs> yeah. that scene, the gimp getting punched, knocked yeah. out with uh, Bruce Willis' character, whose name completely eludes me at the moment. The actual character name doesn't matter. Butch. Butch. Yeah, Butch something. I can't remember what Well, when he knocks it, it reminds me of <laughs> Gimp, so I'm just going to keep using it because it conjures up good memories. One of my favourite scenes in that entire movie. <laughs> when the women get Stop shot after the hit and run as well. That was a standout moment, her screaming. I'm quite sick and twisted that way, but wait, I digress. Back to the, the actual topic. I'm going off and doing Billy Connolly's tangents. It's not good because I've not got the wit, the comedic brilliance and the actual memory to come back and do it. So let's get right back into what I was saying. Shazam doesn't always have to be a gimp no. in terms of comedic levity, in terms of being a goofy, quirky character. 
I think we'll see this character mature. I yeah. think we'll see the tone getting darker. Maybe not too dark, but it will get more serious than the first movie. It'll still have that comedic element, but when Black Adam and Dwayne Johnson come into the party, he's going two to have to movies grow up, ahead, yeah. he's going to have to grow up because this yeah. is a real villain. This is one of his sort of antagonists, his arch rivals, his nemesis. So he'll have to grow up, and then maybe that's the point where you introduce him into a Justice League when he's a yeah. little bit more level-headed than he's used to being a superhero. I'm being harsh on it because, Stephen, this is the first movie this young guy gets to play a superhero. It's almost like Tom Holland in Homecoming. That's right, yeah. He's coming to terms with this power, the responsibility, the training wheels and the, the suit and stuff like that, learning the, the job of being a superhero. So it's going to change. It's going to change as things go on, and they could use him. But look, final thing I'll say, I always want to see Superman in these movies. Yeah. Superman's drastically underused in these movies. He's drastically underused in the DCEU. We've had one Superman movie in the last seven, eight years. We need more Henry Cavill Superman. But you can understand movie. why they did what they did yeah. with Superman in the Justice League film. Yeah. After reading this article, it kind of explains the sort of vision they had for the, the Justice League being. Well, they killed him, Stephen. Well, yeah, <laughs> he well, was out of the movie for half the movie. That's the best way of taking someone out. A team's killing them. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, you know. uh, moving them off to an island and making them a hermit <laughs> like Luke Skywalker. Well, I was going to say that, John. I think Full sometimes screens. when um, you know writers and directors or slash writer director comes in, sometimes when they take on a franchise, a character is far too big to handle. In the case of like Luke Skywalker, J.J. Abrams did not want to deal with that character, Shattered so they made his character, the plot sort of um, yeah. device. And then um, they dropped the ball. Yeah, you know, and they didn't go anywhere with it. You know, yeah. um, I hope they don't do that with Shazam. I hope they don't do that with Henry Cavill's Superman. I, I want to see a Man of Steel too. That's, to be honest with you, that's where I think Superman thrives on his own. Did you see Henry um, Stephen the other day? Uh, he bought a, a free 70 or 30, 70 graphics card. It's like a, a thousand, what, £1,200 graphics card top of the range graphics card putting it into his gaming PC he's yeah. doing a, a sort of sequel to that video where he was putting oh, the geez, PC yeah. together to yeah. the soundtrack of Barry White I just love this guy honestly there's something about <laughs> him he's just brilliant man yeah he's got good he's, he's my kind of guy yeah. just super man so I want to see this guy continuing on as Superman as Clark Kent because he's great man he's not he had is, enough yeah. he's not had I a know. fair shot at it no. we need to see this We're guy talking, he could uh, rival uh, how many years now since Man of Steel 2013 Ridiculous. Seven years, I think. Absolutely ridiculous. Seven years. You know, and the ball. This guy's yeah. been in his prime physically. Yeah, they're waiting for the momentum to build up on probably their largest property out with Batman. But oh, mm. what can you do? Eh? Look what they've done with Wonder Woman, Steve. Yeah, but well, we'll look at what they did with Thor, John, because that's going to be our next yes. uh, topic we're talking about. And when I say them, I don't mean obviously DC. EU. I'm talking about the change in tone of the character. Um, yeah, we saw that in uh, Ragnarok. Uh, the change in tone of this character, which was for the better, yeah. lightened him up a bit. He wasn't so stuffy and Shakespearean. Shakespearean, yes. Yeah, uh, Shakespearean. So, um, this title is coming in from. Uh, it's coming right, from Screen Rant again, John, and it's Marvel may need Hercules for Thor 4. Now, it's not the Hercules that you know. Stephen, could you imagine doing a show as a, a scouser? Marvel may need Hercules for Thor 4. Do you mean a Harry Enfield scouser? Thor 4. Because of Ragnarok, if people thought we were under, difficult to understand, then oof, man, I love the Scouts. I love them. Great people. Yeah. Fantastic, man. Amazing city. Yeah. Buff yeah. the Beatles, man. I absolutely. like four of them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Fab Four. Uh, I'm going to read this little bit, John. That's maybe about three or four paragraphs, but 
kind of builds up for where this sort of story is going here, and then I'll ask you for your thoughts. So yes. just bear with me here anyway. Because of where the events, you, Stephen, uh, I think we're just article. underneath the yeah, just yes. there. Uh, beca- <laughs> because like yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> because of the events that unfolded wow. in Thor Ragnarok, Marvel may need to introduce Hercules and the Greek Pythonian into the MCU. Did I say that right? And uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, and the third installment in the Thor franchise. Pantheon. Pantheon. Uh, <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, Asgard I'm sorry, was. Boy, I was a planet, Asgard was destroyed, and untold number of gods lost their lives in a battle against Odin's long lost daughter Hela, played by Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Over the years, the Thor Blanchet. movies have given the Marvel Cinematic Universe a long list of characters tied to Thor's corner of the Marvel Universe in the comic books. Ragnarok alone introduced audience to the Executioner, Valkyrie, Hela, the Fenris mm. Wolf, and Surtur. Surtur. Even more could join the fold in the fourth film. Thor and Love and Thunder, for instance, a relatively new addition to Thor comics. Gore the God Butcher will be brought to life on the big screen in the movie. Is that confirmed? Apparently, there's no wow. official word on what other new heroes and villains will be appearing, wow. but there's also no shortage of rumours regarding who Thor 4 might feature. Some suspect that Thor's next adventure will, with Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman, uh, Lady Sif, Jamie Alexander, and Valkyrie, played by Tessa Thompson, could incorporate key characters such as Beta Ray Bill, Enchantress, Balder the Brave, Betty and... Bill's a sort of Taurus sort of shapeshifter, isn't he? Yeah, apparently. So. And yeah. Hercules, uh, well, you were Hercules. saying... That is that uh, Christian Bale's character? Christian Bale could potentially be God the, Bo- the God Butcher or Bill. Uh, what, what is it? Beat a beat a beat a Ray Bill. Beat a Ray Bill. Beat a Ray Bill. Yes. Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy uh, Ray. <laughs> and uh, these are all characters who have lost been missing from um, uh, these are all characters who have lost been missing that sounds terrible from Thor's world and MCU chief among them is Hercules who is without a doubt the most important Avenger that hasn't been adapted yet interesting mm-hmm. and in Marvel Comics Hercules is a fun loving demigod who enjoys brawling with villains and his fellow superheroes along with Thor and Hulk Hercules is one of Marvel's strongest characters he's someone fans have wanted to see in MCU for a long time now and that time may finally be right for him. John, do you know something? After reading this, um, he's too much like Thor, by yeah. the sound of things. I think Feige and the team are going to wait till Chris Helmsworth... Do my Harrison Ford point in there. Chris Helmsworth... You find him. ...hanging up that red cape and obviously um, everything else that's attached to him and then maybe introduce this character as a sort of carrying the baton. I, I, that's the way I see yeah. it anyway. Steen, I think you're right. There's not enough room in this Marvel Cinematic Universe for two people like this, two very strong characters from a similar... What have done to Hulk? Pantheon. <laughs> I don't even know how you... Does it mean the Pantheon? Yeah, Pantheon, yeah. A similar Pantheon. There's not enough room for them. So I think you're right. I think Thor will ultimately have to conclude his arc in the MCU before we see Hercules. Hercules! I'm going to get out of the way just now because I can't help myself. I thought you would have done it earlier. How dare you touch Hercules? I was out in Zavata having a swim. I am Hercules. <laughs> Ar- Ar- Arnie. Ar- yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. What it's a thinking? terrible impersonation, yeah. but I tell you what. Wow. It's a terrible film. It was. <laughs> Hercules in New York. That's precisely the kind of Hercules we don't want to see in the MCU, but I tell you what, Steve, I'm excited about God the God Butcher, man. This character's tremendous. Not in terms of, just not just even the character, visually. Such a cool looking guy. I'll bring this back up very briefly, man. Look at that. Yes, please. Fantastic, isn't it? I can't even get it to work. Look at that, man. How cool is this guy? 
he's got a sword. He's got sort of things attaching to his muscles. He's pale as hell. He looks like a Promethean, like we look sometimes on this show. <laughs> and look at him, he's going toe-to-toe with four, and he's holding his own. This guy's so, so interesting, man. Yeah. So I hope to hell Christian Bale's playing him. It's been heavily hinted he would be. Would it be CGI? I'm going off on a sidetrack here, not even remotely speaking about Hercules, but could it be CGI? Mm. Could he be doing a more practical performance? If it's CGI, it'd probably marry more with what Christian Bale would want. He would want to have the minimal amount of sort of performance because he's a busy guy. He wants to go off and do more serious stories. But at the same time, I want to see this guy on set. So he's going to be on set. He's going to be acting. You've seen it with uh, Salvation, the yeah. passion this guy has. Yeah, the DP walking in front of him during the take with wheels. <laughs> and I'm absolutely destroying him. He yeah. became a meme or a meme, whatever you, what yeah. you want to call it. After that, but I agreed with him, man. It was like John Lennon, John Imagine. You do not interrupt an artist when he's performing. It's bad manners, man. Changing tape reels, yeah. Yeah, and the director of photography, the cinematographer, should know better. He's the guy who's supposed to be capturing the magic of a Christian <laughs> Bale performance. Get out of there, you shithead, man. So I hope this guy, I hope Christian's playing him, man. And that just takes me off on a sort of tangent again. Christian Bale, man, playing a villain in the MCU. Jesus Christ. It doesn't get yeah. any better than that, yeah. does it? Just an, an Oscar winning actor. Tremendous. He it's is funny, an Oscar John, winning actor, it's isn't really, you know, is he? Um, <laughs> I have to look at that. Yeah, uh, he should be. Um, Surely, yes, man. He must Did be. he not get one in the Mark? The uh, Fighter. The Wahlberg Fighter. Film? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, he was amazing. Jesus. Yeah. Um, John, I can't really add too much to it other than what you said, but um, one, of, leaves, yeah. one of the things uh, in regards to the, the film Thor, uh, Love, Love and Thunder, yeah. that doesn't sound right, I don't know why, <laughs> I thought it wasn't. Sounds like an 80s uh, sort of Kiss album. Yeah. Um, and the artwork looked like an 80s Kiss album. Do you remember when this was announced, the sort of negativity, the negativity that was that was going along with this announcement, John, that yeah. um, we were getting um, Natalie Portman coming back playing a... Um, uh, what, the four. Th- the mighty four, the mighty four, yeah. Um, that logo as well. Didn't, I love that logo. You liked it. Kind of, kind of reeked of Masters of the Universe for me. Um, just there was a lot of things that people weren't liking, you know. But ever since the announcement, everything's been so positive. And I think you know appointments like um, you know, um, which are man. Um, Tiger. No Christian Tiger. Bale. Christian Bale. Um, you know, coming into this <laughs> film, which was a big surprise. Um, I thought he was done with comic book films after the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, Hercules' introduction, I think, it might be a stretch, John. I don't see them introducing this character too soon, uh, to be honest with you. I think he's too similar to Thor. I don't think, at this point, Thor really needs assistance in any fashion or anything like that. I think they're keeping him sort of up the sleeve at the moment until Chris Helmsworth's contract runs down. Um, And then whether or not he wants to continue on in MCU. I, I don't know if he will. I d- honestly don't think he will. I think eventually he will go the same way as uh, Chris Evans. But um, what's your thoughts on that as well, John? Do you uh, think Chris Hemsworth will stick around long enough? I think he's got a new contract, Stephen. I don't know how long it is. Maybe three, four movies or yeah. something. So he'll probably stay around for an Guardians well, of the Galaxy movie. Maybe yeah. one more sort of ensemble movie. John, I think we're going to get a Thor 5 and that'll be it. Yeah. Stephen's getting on in years as well, Chris. Yeah. He's still in amazing shape. But he's, yeah. what, late 30s now? So yeah. oh, that's not old, is well, it? Well, he's committed a lot of his career. How, how long are we talking now? Um, 10 years. 10 years, yeah, of, years of, you know, playing this character, you know. And I think he's 
coming to the point where he can't really take it any further. Yeah. You know, I think um, we'll get this film. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think the fifth film will probably be the sort of um, end of his story arc. Yeah. Um, I think we will get an appearance in some form of Avengers film as well. That would probably be the other one. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he's been such a a prominent figure in the MCU over the last 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... Um, uh, the Dark World's not my favourite film. I, I, I'll be honest, it's no, not my favourite yeah. MCU film. It's probably maybe below The Incredible Hulk. Um, is that when Idris got killed or was that... That was uh, yeah. Ragnarok, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it, was just, it was such a, a doer film. Um, and I'm glad they changed direction. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. I, I don't. My, my honest uh, thought is that I don't think we've seen Hercules yet. I think it's too soon. Well, I tell you what, they're going to have to change the suit if he does come in because that suit is just. Let's bring it up very briefly yes. before we move on here yeah. because, um, to be quite frank with you, it's too skimpy. It's way <laughs> too skimpy. Yeah. It's concerningly skimpy. So, no, we're going to have to change the suit. Right a, lot of, a lot of people would like that, John. I think. Yeah, it depends on who they cast. I can yeah. see Channing, Channing Tatum playing a kind of role like that yeah absolutely if you can't get Gambit off the yeah. ground then maybe come in and play Hercules there you go yeah but there could be an outcry as well I mean horses for courses and all let's that let's meet Hercules female <laughs> well as long as they don't dress them like that bring because that would, that would be oh jeez oh yeah it's got a build yeah uh, <laughs> she's bigger than me man she yeah she's solid absolutely solid is she not a WWE Wrestler? She was once a UFC. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Ultimate. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I wouldn't mess with her. Jeez, no. oh, no. Destroy. She would snap me in two. Yeah. Um, but we'll move on, John, to our next article from Screen Rant. I love her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I do. I think she's great. She's oh, really cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just got such presence on screen as well. But Marvel exec doubted James Gunn's use of Bradley Cooper in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's it's very old. interesting, John. <laughs> well, yeah, I think when this Didn't film we was, all just doubt Guardians we, of the Galaxy? Yeah, period? we did. You know, and it was... A talking you actually took, a tree. You took me along to the, the film and I was kind of half-hearted about yeah. it. I just went, well, okay, I'll go. Um, I've never laughed so much in know, a in my life. came out of it. So glad I saw the film. Um, but we're going to talk about this article in a little moment, John. I'm going to just read a little bit um, from James Gunn um, who mentioned this, I think, in a tweet. Um, but you've got to remember hindsight on this as well. Um I can understand where this exec is coming from, actually. But uh, Gunn recently revealed that one Marvel executive wasn't happy because Cooper's voice wasn't immediately recognisable. Gunn stated that the executive, who no longer works at Marvel Studios or Disney, questioned why they even bothered to cast Cooper since Rocket's voice didn't sound exactly like the actors. Gunn said he argued that the recognition didn't matter and they hired him simply because he is a good actor. That's... That's perfect, and on um, that that's basically what it says. I hate when articles do this. They they put it as part of their um, story, and mm-hmm. then they show you a photograph of the exact same words uh, in the tweet, the image. Yeah. So I can't even read the tweet because I've just done it. Um, but what's your what's your thoughts on this, John? Because um, it's it is, it's it's um, it's six years now since obviously Guardians of the Galaxy came out. Um, is it that long? Six years. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. That's mental. Yeah. Um, both of us thoroughly enjoyed it. One of our favourite films at that point. Um, I, I don't think the second one lived up to the first one. It was still a good film, but it just 
didn't have the same sort of. Um, well, I had Kurt Russell though. Yeah, so that yeah. was good enough for me. Yeah, it just didn't have the same sort of um, memorable moments, and I, I yeah. think it was those gold people that kind of threw me off. But I hated them. Yeah, so oh, I think a lot of people. Drags, man, Stephen, outside the ship. Yeah, when it was landing. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Dave Batista. Oh Jesus, brilliant. Yeah, Honestly. some of the faces that they were pulling as well when oh, they were going amazing. through sort of uh, high speed as well was hilarious. Yeah, especially uh, Rocket. But um, did it really matter, John? Do you think the exec had a point at that point uh, in time? prior to this film's release and its reception, that why get somebody as recognisable as Bradley Cooper in, um, you know, when we're not even going to know it's Bradley Cooper? Um, if if he wasn't, you know, credited for this role, I would never have known no. a million years this was Bradley Cooper. But d- James Gunn does say it doesn't really matter. He was hired because he is a good actor and he put on a great performance. So, well, Steve, you understand. I'm conflicted on it because it shows ignorance. I can't even say the word. Ignorance. I'm in a chocolate coma just now. I ate the, the second half of that waffle I ate last <laughs> night tonight. It was destroying my teeth, the ice cream, but it was so worth it. But I'm now in a sort of chocolate sugar coma. So I may slur some words. I'm not having a stroke. I'm not suffering from any illness. Not drunk. I'm not drunk. Not yet. I will be shortly though. Oh my God, I will be. Champagne galore and lots of other drinks to be consumed over the course of the next... Four or five days, it's going to be tremendous. But look, it's showing ignorance on the, the sort of producer's side because he's saying, well, we could just bring anyone off the street to play this role. It doesn't matter. It's voice acting. Voice acting's not real acting. Mm. And we've already seen with the likes of Robin Williams and Mark Hamill and other famous faces over the years that it's a real art. Yeah. You can still imbue the performance with energy. Literally, in Robin Williams' case, Tom Hanks and uh, Tim Allen and Toy Story. You can convey that performance and imbue it with a lot of energy just through your voice and the mm. way you can manipulate your voice to make the characters just pop. And that's what Bradley Cooper done. He gave us a really brilliant performance. I can't imagine anybody playing it now. I mean, he's talking about Bradley Cooper. What about Vin Diesel? I am Groot. I am Groot. Yeah. So he says in the entire movie, that's Vin Diesel. Why would we bring in Vin Diesel? Yeah. At least Bradley Cooper's speaking. He's putting an accent on. He's doing multiple dialogue scenes. I am Groot. I could have done that. I am Groot. Give me the money. Don't give it to Vin Diesel. But again, it's just, again, it's ignorance. People are still in that industry, still ignorant to the, the art form that is voice acting. Yeah. And what it, what you can do with it. So part of me says it's ignorance. The other part of me says, though, that I agree because, look, <laughs> you bring them Bradley Cooper, he's probably earning ridiculous money. Probably get like $2 million yeah. or something for that role. And you really could have just brought in a James Arnold Taylor or something, the guy that does all the Star Wars acting on Clone Wars. He was in the bad books recently on Twitter. Mm. Of he went on to Parlour. Oh, he was in the bad books. All the liberal nut jobs over in America were going yeah. after him. And I say liberal nut jobs. I'm a liberal over here. But in the States, I'm like centre. Centre-left. I'm like Joe Biden-esque. These guys are Fruit Loops. They were going after him because he created an account on Parlour. Wow. Uh, I don't get that. I don't get well, it. I, Apparently, I, I don't know what it's about. I don't even right. care. We run Parlour, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I don't think we use it, though. Don't give a shit. Okay, man. We just kind it's of... A, um, it's a social we, media We kind of steal the, the, the username just in case. Yeah, in case... Yeah. <laughs> you know, become successful. Point I make, no, Stephen. Yeah, exactly. James Arnold Taylor. You could have brought anybody in. Yeah. So I can see the direct... The producer's point. We could have brought in some other lesser actor. Gave him a lesser wage and it would have probably been a similar performance. But look... James Gunn's James Gunn. He demands respect. He demands so much respect in actual fact that he was put in charge of the whole cosmic side of Phase 4 and 5 before the tweet scandal. Now he's back. Hopefully he's doing it again. So if he wanted Bradley Cooper in, he gets Bradley Cooper in and that's it. And the producer will be happy about it. So 
I'm glad he won out in the end and he didn't have to justify it. They didn't replace his acting because it's a great performance, man. Yeah. He's an amazing actor. We've seen it. He's done a wide variety of different roles. This is probably the most zaniest of them all, but I keep going back to Robin Williams and the likes of Aladdin. Yeah. Certain actors of that calibre, they can just do something zany and out of the box because they're not on the actual screen. They can just put so much energy and do something different. So it's nice to see sort of bleeding the lines between the voice acting and the actual on-screen live action acting. You, you don't have to have specified, specialised... I mean, what's the guy that does Batman? What's he called again? He's been doing him for years alongside Mark yeah. Hamill's Joker. Oh, gee, you don't yeah. have to have specialised people like that. You can bring in Hollywood A-listers to do voice acting and it's absolutely fine. So in a sense, I'm getting off on a tangent. Gibran a load of shite. Conflicted. It's Kevin ignorant. Conroy. Kevin, I yeah. know it was Kevin. I just couldn't get the second name. You can. I'm conflicted. You can have ignorance from the producer at the the sort of the brilliance of voice acting and what it takes. But then I can understand because it is a lot of money to pay out for a voice acting performance. So, horses I understand horses, it, man. Yeah. I understand it. Yeah. Uh, again, John, uh, I can only reiterate what you said, and I think um, Bradley Cooper should be commended for his performance as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is unrecognisable, um, but. That's down to the guy's acting abilities, you know, his range. Um, and Rocket is one of the, you know, thanks to Bradley Cooper, that character is memorable. He brings it larger than life. It's not a dull character's performance. I think a lot of his performance, his delivery is important in that film as well, especially the sort of interaction with Groot. Um, and I think um, he has really got to double up and carry the Groot character's communications into the films by doing that thing that Han Solo had to do with Chewbacca, yeah. repeat his lines, you know. And that's um, why it was so important to get a guy of that calibre in, because yeah. he, he's experienced, he's a steady hand, he knows what he's doing. That's why he's probably chose it. You're absolutely right, Stephen, yeah. and that's why Vin Diesel got the Groot role, because he's not that great an actor. No. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, what's your face, uh, Greg James on Radio 1? Yeah, I never hear his show, but I always watch it on YouTube. Unpopular opinions come and give us your unpopular opinion. <laughs> something to know. You've been too scared to say, scared to say that Vin Diesel's not that great an actor. No, he's not. He's not unpopular he's opinion. Not. He's, it's the right opinion. He's he's got his uh, range and he's got his comfort zone. and should stay there. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> we'll move on. Is, we'll uh, move the, on. It's the, the, yeah, the, the motor choice. car films, as I call them. Um, space now, Steve. Sonic the Hedgehog two reportedly introduces Knuckles. According to a report, Sonic the Hedge 2 begins production in May, yay, and will include central video game characters Knuckles the Enchidna, I don't know how to say that. I don't know what that is, it just looks like a red hedgehog to me. Echidna. 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 I know who the character is, John, because you actually asked me uh, where along in the game series did this uh, character appear, and I said I think it was Sonic 3. It was, and I'm just going to read this uh, article here from Screen Rant. Uh, I'll read a little bit of it, just uh, to sort of bring us up to speed. First, introduced in 1994 game Sonic Hedgehog 3, Knuckles has become a main character in the ongoing Sonic lore, serving as the guardian of the pivotal Master Emerald, a gemstone that controls the series' other Chaos Emeralds. Interestingly, the Chaos Emeralds did not show up in the first Sonic movie, but if Knuckles is arriving in the sequel, then perhaps those magical gems will be included in the film as well. It's also worth noting that in the video games, Knuckles is initially duped by Dr. Robotnik into opposing Sonic before becoming his friend, so Knuckles' inclusion in the sequel seems like a hint that Carey's character will be back as well. Thus far, Carey's continued participation in the franchise has not been confirmed, John. They need to get that guy nailed down before they even consider doing Absolutely. a second film. This, he was an amazing 
uh, character, and it was an amazing performance by Jim Carrey. But John, just reading that article there, that's your synopsis for the film. Yeah. Um, that that would appeal to me. Yeah. That it takes the the film uh, franchise. Uh, the franchise of in a different direction from the first film where we were just getting to know these characters and you mentioned it as well carrie's dr robotnik only became the character that we know and love and hate at the very end yeah. at the, his appearance as well um so it was always hinting that there was going to be a sequel um and unless they've they've already got jim carrey signed up in this um then i think they should go ahead with the production after you know starting this early and uh, uh, the year uh, to start production on this. I hope Jim Carrey is involved in this because he was s- the standout yeah. performance. Dean, he was um, a standout in the trailer. Yeah. And James he Marsden was, was good as well. He was very good. He yeah. was. He was fantastic. I liked his back and forth sort of quips with Ivo Eggman Robotnik. Because I always yeah. say it's Eggman. And I, I question myself. I searched it up. Good, Definitely good, good Dr. Ivo yeah. Eggman Robotnik. I don't know where the Eggman comes from. Maybe it's because he's got a head like an egg. I don't know. I can't. Doc, I've got a head like an egg as well. Yeah, but look, Stephen, yeah, it is, you're right. That sitting is, on a cornflake. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, Jim, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, he sang uh, I Am The Walrus, and he sang it very, very well. Too. He's, he's a tour de force, Jim. He can paint, he can act, he can sing, and we know he can dance as well. So this guy's got everything, <laughs> and he's a locker. Yeah. And that's what, and he, what he's got in his locker is Dr. Ivo Eggman Robotnik, and that's why he has to come back, Stephen. It was a blast for the past. It was like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, era yeah, Jim Carrey. Definitely. Very yeah. energetic, sort of hammed up performance, and it just worked, man. He was the perfect villain. And you're right, that is like the synopsis of the movie there. You've got the Master Emerald, it's a sort of powerful gem, relic of immeasurable power from the forgotten past. He dupes, 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 whatever the way you say it. Dun, dun. Blanchet, Blanchet. Sword, shod. Yeah. Schedule, schedule. Schedule. Doesn't matter which way you pronounce it, we get there in the end, it goes full circle. It has seven levels, that's another Beatles reference. When Maka was out, he's not on hash, and some yeah. he, he gets some recurrent. He thought he'd get the meaning of life, there's seven <laughs> levels. I think that's hell, Maka. I think it's the wrong thing I'm looking at, but look, I digress. Powerful Emerald, he could maybe dupe him into being the villain of the piece for Sonic. He sits back as a sort of sorcerer, and maybe, I don't know, Phantom Menace, pulling the sort of puppet strings as the puppet master and then we get to see him come in and just deliver an amazing performance again it's a way of establishing a, a villainous character who turns heroic and then you're expanding the franchise out again you've got two characters now you have the villain of the piece Robotnik always getting away or getting beaten and then coming back mm. it just works and I really like Sonic the Hedgehog it was a surprise because that yeah. obviously the first shots of it it was terrible man visually it was god awful well John I was going to mention well, that um, in this article I, I'm on screen rant I don't know if you are as well I am indeed um, the, the, the look of Knuckles actually I don't know if they've just took inspiration from the Hedgehog uh, Sonic Hedgehog I think what they've done is they've just went into Photoshop Stephen yeah. and they've went to colour balance and colour selective colour and they've just changed the colour yeah. from blue to red it's very easily done but I but tell you what it's nice it's nice John it's and if it looks like that then we're on to a winner that's rather right. than that first incarnation no we don't want human teeth on a hedgehog no. that's uh, no. that's terrifying that's nightmare no. feel uh, so thankfully they, they listened to the detractors the director whose name I don't know listened he, went, he listened to the Twitter sort of mob yeah, mentality yeah we were talking about him uh, not yeah. that long ago he, cha- he changed yeah. it 
And the, the movie, I have to say, even without the changes, would have worked equally as well because it was a really good performance. Who played actually Sonic in this, Stephen? Who? Uh, ben Most, Schwartz, wasn't it? Ben uh, Schwartz, yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously, as you did see, Marsden and Kerry and yeah. all of the people. Jeff Fowler was the Jeff director, Fowler, yeah. yeah. Fair play to him. The guy took a chance. He went back, he reworked it at the cost of probably at great expense. And it paid off because it yeah. was a success box office-wise. It was a really good movie. It's shown a sort of renaissance for video games as well, uh, movie adaptations. And for so, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yeah. yeah. So I want to see a sequel. I want to see this character being introduced. It's all very interesting. Not only that, it's authentic to the actual games as well. As you say, Sonic Hedgehog 3. 94, I think he says it was out. I should have yeah. played it. I was well yeah. into my Sega stuff back then. Sega, not Sega. Sega yeah. <laughs> I was watching someone on Twitch Steve and they went back and played a, a compilation game from Sega and it just went dum uh, when it started it's, up it's it disappointing Jordan when you go back terrible. and play these uh, emulations of yes. uh, previous games uh, well he was playing um, what's, his, what's the little egg character Dizzy Dizzy yeah, yeah. That, I'll tell you what it's damn good yeah. man yeah. Damn good. Uh, good strategy games but yeah. not as good as we remember them no. to be Sadly not. It's nostalgia-driven, <laughs> Stephen, if you've yeah. not had experience with it. It's bad, yeah. bad letdown. But look, yeah. you're often tangents about video games, computer games, as we call them over here. We are not American. Uh, we are Scottish, and that's a shame. But look, I digress. I'm done, Stephen. It's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a, sh- it's a shame we're Scottish. <laughs> it's a shame that I'm stuck in the west coast of Scotland with horrendous howling winds, rain, constant rain, constant overcast clouds to the point where when you have a great sort of conjunction of super uh, super I've mixed the two Saturn and Jupiter they are mixing they're coming close together what we've seen once once in a millennia we can't see it because there's too much clouds so it's a shithole of a country really don't come here Uh, don't listen to the hype it's all (laughs) propaganda we've got some mountains shite mountains at that some humming cows Lots of rain, don't come here, guys. But I digress, I wish I was in America, that's what I'm really getting at here. Yes, midges, oh, Jesus Christ, after 10 o'clock at night, a summer evening, you will be destroyed like you've never been destroyed before by these little blood-sucking shitheads. But I digress, I'm round the show up. What is your fault? Where I went with that? We went from Sonic the Hedgehog, Jim Carrey, to Scotland, midges and humming cows. John, Which I think it's, thinking it's worth mentioning what's happening on Friday, Christmas Day as well, what we're doing. Yes, but we've not mentioned it yet. We're no. doing our top 10 breakdown of our, our, breakdown of our top 10 favourite Christmas movies. No particular order, although no. the first couple are in particular order, let's be honest. Home Alone 1 and 2, we're giving that away. Yeah. Um, but it should make a surprise to anybody. No. That's going to be happening. It's pre-recorded. We're passing it off as a, a live show, but it's not. Um, it's, I, I let the cat out of the bag about two minutes in anyway. But that's going to be happening. Uh, so look forward to that if you're into Christmas movies and you want to hear our opinion on certain Christmas movies we'll leave it shrouded in mystery apart from the first two then watch it on Friday you'll be you'll be happy I'm promising you maybe happy I don't know uh, but look I digress it's going to round it up what is your thoughts on the topics we touched upon on tonight's show what do you make about Daphne Keane do you want to see her coming back to the MCU as X-23 do you want to see a darker R-rated version of the X-Men sort of side universe within this cinematic interconnected goodness. Is that something you want to see? You don't want to see? You can comment below. What do you make about the whole Shazam Superman conundrum in the Justice League? Do you think Superman should be in? Shazam's should be in? There's too many S's in there. Action Jackson. You can comment about that down below. What do you make about Hercules? Do you want to see Hercules in 4-4? I am Hercules! As in Zavata! What do you mean about the Disney exec hating on Bradley Cooper being Rocket Raccoon and finally Sonic the Hedgehog potentially introducing Knuckles? If you've got anything to say, you can comment below. 
Let us know what your thoughts are down below in the comments section. You can also like the video if you've enjoyed it and subscribe to the channel if you want to see more content like this. And if you do, that's precisely what you'll get. You get more content, guys. But look, I'm going to bid you farewell with a short sweep bye bye. See ya. See ya. See ya.